it's a remarkable story, isn't it? The story of Jesus that we've listened to together today. I love to hear the different versions of Matthew and Luke and the ways that they, they take time to tell us the, the details that we want to know, the people that are involved, the, the places where it all happens, the time when it all was right. And I wonder, do you, do you find yourself identifying with a particular character as you listen to the story again this morning? Uh, maybe... It, Maybe it's Mary. Maybe, you, maybe you're hearing the story from Mary's perspective, or, or maybe, maybe it's one of the shepherds hearing the announcement from the angels, or, or maybe it's one of the folks who's, who's hanging out a no-vacancy sign outside their place. There's something that it's particularly powerful about hearing a story like this from the perspective of one of these unique characters. To hear, along with so many others, God's calling to show hospitality, even when it's inconvenient, even when it's impractical, even when you'd really just rather hang out a no vacancy sign so that you don't have to deal with the awkward conversation around the dinner table or the crazy uncle who drives you crazy. There's something powerful about hearing the story from the unique perspective of the shepherds who hear God's calling to drop everything and worship. There's something powerful about hearing the story from the unique perspective of Mary, who, who hears God's calling to, to a difficult kind of faithfulness, the kind of faithfulness that, that will make a person more than a tiny bit uncomfortable, literally and figuratively, the kind of faithfulness that will make people start whispering, wondering what in the world's going on, the kind of faithfulness that turns a person's life upside down. And maybe this morning as you've listened to the retelling of the story, you've, you've heard God's calling the way one of these folks heard God's calling. Maybe as one of the other characters, wise men or Joseph. There's an equally powerful perspective that comes from hearing the story in a completely different way, which is why along with the stories told by Matthew and Luke that we've heard together this morning, I, I want to invite you to listen with me to the words from, from John's gospel and from Paul's letter to Titus, words that, whereas these words of Matthew and, and Luke zoom in and focus on all the details, these words zoom out. And they give us more of a, a big picture perspective of what's going on. They, they start to explore the implications of all the little details. So listen with me to these words. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The Word was with God in the beginning. Everything came into being through the word. And without the word, nothing came into being. 
What came into being through the word was life, and the life was the light for all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness doesn't extinguish the light. The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all people. It educates us so that we can live sensible, ethical, and godly lives right now by rejecting ungodly lives and the desires of this world. At the same time, we wait. We wait for the blessed hope and the glorious appearance of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. He gave himself for us in order to rescue us from every kind of lawless behavior and and cleanse a special people for himself who are eager to do good actions. So since we have been made righteous by his grace, we can inherit the hope for eternal life. For the past four weeks, we've been waiting. We've been longing We've been anticipating this day when we could celebrate together the birth of Jesus. And, and this, this moment in time, this, this unparalleled event, it, it's so extraordinary that, that when John sets out to write about it, to describe it, he, he, he chooses instead of going for the details to to focus on the big picture, and, and the only words he can think to choose, the words that seem most appropriate for the occasion, are words that, that, that remind us of another story in Scripture. In the beginning. It's Genesis. It's a fresh start. It's new creation. Today, all the waiting gives way to awe. Who could have imagined that the God of the universe would take on flesh and make his home among us? And more than that, that the God of universe would make his home among us, not in a gold-plated penthouse somewhere, but in a stinky, rickety manger. Who would have imagined Today, the, the, the longing that has been in our hearts that's been building for four weeks, today it gives way to celebration. Who would have imagined that the God of the universe would come to us and, and would make such an impact on us that 2,000 years later, we'd be singing about that little baby bringing light and life to all? Who could have imagined It's a new creation. It's a fresh start. Something greater than we ever could have asked or imagined. And what's even better is this one who comes, this, this, this Emmanuel, God with us, he, he brings not only life and light, but, but this one who is the grace of God incarnate. He brings, as Paul says, salvation to all people. Throughout Advent, we've reflected on hope. We've reflected on peace. We've reflected on joy. 
we've reflected on love. Today, we celebrate the one in whom all those things come together, but the one who is so much more, the one who is himself life. Life today and life eternal. We celebrate the one who is life today and life eternal. What an incredible gift. And what a joy to celebrate that together. Let's pray together. Oh God, as we gather together today, as, as the Advent season draws to a close, we're so thankful that in Jesus, you chose to enter our, our desperate, hurting, longing, waiting world. We thank you that through the birth of Jesus and through the life of Jesus and through the death of Jesus and through the resurrection of Jesus, you turned the world upside down. We're so grateful that, that you reversed the course of history, that you started the process of making right all the things in the world that had gone wrong. We're, we're so thankful that, that through Jesus, you began to put to death, death itself. God, for, for some of us, it's easy to celebrate today. Our, our hearts are filled with, with the hope and the peace and the joy and the love and the life that we've talked about for the last several weeks for others of us, though, it, it's, it's not so easy. For one reason or another, celebration is hard to drum up in our hearts and our minds. And so we pray, God, that, that once again, your light would break through the darkness, shining so brightly that, that it cannot be extinguished. We pray, oh God, that, that your life would overshadow the power of death, reminding us that no matter how it looks at the moment, you have indeed trampled over death by death. Thank you. God, more than anything else today, we pray that, that, that your light and your life would find a hospitable home in our hearts and our minds and our lives so that it may also be said of us, light and life to all they bring. Thank you, God for the gift of life that you've given us in Jesus, life today and life eternal. Through this Jesus, whom we celebrate today, we pray. Amen. It's been a joy to be together today to celebrate this story, this story that is the reason uh, that we gather each week, the reason that we have hope, the reason for this season, as cliche as it may sound at this point, before we draw our time together to a close, I do want to take just a moment to remind you that next week we will be on the same schedule. We'll worship together at 10 a.m., have no classes, and this Wednesday there are no activities here uh, at the building. But let's close by focusing our hearts and our minds on the one place that we need to focus. Maybe to put it a little more appropriately, let's focus our hearts and minds on the one person who deserves the focus, Jesus our Lord. So let's stand together and sing, and then let's go in peace.